Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay. Today, Rob Krechak joins us. Rob is a thrill seeker, self-professed nerd, question asker, voracious reader, competitor, keynote speaker, and business builder. As someone vulnerable to technology's addictive hold from a young age, video games and Facebook in particular, Rob is on a mission to help individuals and companies reduce stress and get back time to master their careers and lives. He founded Humans First to provide a one-of-a-kind consulting experience that analysed people's efficiency and energy by paying attention to their technology mindfulness. Welcome, Rob. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Magic. Really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and the listeners. Oh, thank you for joining us. Now. Video games and Facebook. Which video games? Because I have two gaming sons here. So, <laughs> you know, if it's Diablo, I know it. If it's not, then I probably don't. Oh, my God. Do you know what's so funny, Magic, is actually the game that I became addicted to in high school was Diablo 2. So that's so funny. Yes, well, there that you was go. The game. I know Diablo 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I also know how addictive they are. <laughs> hmm They really are. And you know, and this was when I was addicted, this was in the mid-90s before most people even had a cell phone or an internet connected computer at home. Me too. And you know what? My kids didn't even know what Diablo was till I was playing it and they joined in. Oh my, my gosh. Own <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is it's really hard to avoid these things sometimes, you know, technology is just in every part of our lives. It is. Now, look, I love your bio, thrill seeker, self-professed nerd, question asker. Like, I love that you've attached these labels to yourself and you're so proud of them. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I My friends always say that I ask Rob questions. It's like those are like the tough, hard to answer questions. <laughs> well, I ask magic questions, and I'll try not to make them too tough. Here comes your first one, and that is, what can your expertise do to accelerate health, not just physical, but also emotional and spiritual health? Yeah, so if you think about what's happening in, you know, really across the world, right? You know, I, I know the statistic for America. I don't know what it is for Australia, but I think it's pretty comparable. In America, before COVID, the average person spent 12 hours and 21 minutes a day in front of screens and media. And so put it another way, that's like three quarters of our waking lives, seven days a week in front of technology. 
And, you know, the name of my company, Humans First, is a reminder that the most love and happiness and joy and meaning in our lives comes from connecting with the hearts and souls of other people, not with technology. And so because we use technology for literally almost every aspect of our lives, I truly believe that being mindful with your technology and using it differently can literally impact almost every part of your well-being. It can make you happier. It can make you less stressed. It can make you be more present, more connected with people. It really does an incredible amount of things. It certainly does. And, you know, people's mental health can take a dive and they don't realize it often when they're spending a lot of time on their screens and on technology. It's almost like we lose that human connection, which we need for mental health. So what are some ways that you find you're mentioning to your clients to lessen their screen time? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, I mean, there's so many ways I could take this answer. Um, but I would say the main thing is that, you know, the average person spends about four hours a day on their phone. And that's average, right? If you're a younger person, you probably spend quite a bit more, five, six, seven hours. In fact, I have some people in my life who are young and they spend 10 hours a day on their phone. And that's just their phone, not to mention computers and TV. And um, what I just started coaching people on is to you know, take a look at your screen time each week and say to yourself, do I really need to be doing all the things that I'm doing on my phone? Or could I maybe cut out, let's say half an hour or an hour a day and spend that time with other people? And a lot of the times we are able to cut some time out and, you know, do more meaningful things with the people in life that we care about the most. And, you know, if you think about it, you, whether you realize it or not, you speak with how you spend your time. And if you're spending, let's say, more time on social media than you are with the person that you care most about in your life, let's say that's your spouse, that's essentially telling them, hey, I actually care more about social media than you. And I know that, that could be hard for some people to hear, but you know, I, I start to help people understand that those are the things that they're essentially doing when they use technology in a certain way. And then they have to decide whether or not social media is a higher priority than their spouse or if the way that they use technology is serving them well. Um, sometimes it can be, and sometimes it maybe it doesn't serve people well. It just depends. Exactly. Now, look, we talk about wealth here as well, Rob. People think that's just financial, and, and it can be, but we're also talking emotional and personal wealth. What would be your top three tips to the listeners to create wealth? Oh, so I would say the first one is, and then this is like much easier said than done, but it's productize yourself. In other words, think about what makes you unique or what you're really good at and somehow make that into a product. And, um, you know, that's been a, a challenge for me with this current business model, but uh, I feel like I've, I've finally been able to accomplish that. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about that. Another thing I would say is delaying gratification or knowing that, you know, if you can put away some money or invest in your future today, really that compounded over time is incredibly helpful in the long run. And I guess the last thing I would say is to be deliberate with your time. If you are really deliberate with your time, which is, in my opinion, the most valuable thing on earth, it's not money, it's time because every single person wakes up with 24 hours every single day. You know, if you can be deliberate with your time and really focus on what matters most and spend your time in a way that serves you well, I think that that ultimately allows you to build the most wealth. Some great tips. 
Now that we talk about weight loss here, and I know in the show notes that you sent me, you said you haven't battled your weight, but many people do, and that can often be connected to stress. Mm. How can being addicted to your technology or spending too much time on your technology add to your stress, which is in turn linked to weight? Oh my God, I'm so glad you asked this, Magic, because if I had to summarize the last four years of my research, and in and, and doing this, by the way, I read over 100 books and 2,000 articles and studies, and then in addition to that, ran hundreds and hundreds of experiments on myself to come to this conclusion and bring this information to people. The summary of all that stuff that I just mentioned is the following. I think that technology increases our stress on a day-to-day and sometimes minute-to-minute basis and at the same time decreases our ability to deal with stress because it degrades our relationships, families, and communities, which is our social support system. The main way that humans deal with stress is to have a social support system. And so if you're using technology a lot, what's happening is you have way more stress, way less perceived social support. I think that is a recipe for not all, but a good portion of the mental health crisis we have today. And so it could literally affect your stress levels throughout the entire day with how you're using technology. And so the whole concept behind technology mindfulness is for people to start becoming aware of the ways that technology is impacting their stress, their mental health, and their relationships. And to then once they become aware, they can decide if they want to change their behavior or not. Fantastic answers. Okay, so we've covered the standard questions. Now I open the floor to you, Rob. What is something that you really feel the listeners would benefit from hearing? There's really so many things it's hard for me to choose. But one of the things that I think is interesting is to think about how much time you could potentially save by working a little bit differently, right? By just doing your job slightly differently. So what I see happening to a lot of people is they're using their phone for a lot of parts of their job, right? Like, you know, they're checking emails from their phone or they're doing web searches or whatever. Like there's many things obviously you can do from your phone, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But here's the issue with that. Because a phone has a very small screen and a touch keyboard, not a physical keyboard, it takes the average person about twice as long to do something on a phone as doing the same thing on a computer, like a laptop or a desktop. And so what I usually, you know, I wish what people would understand is basically if you're doing, you know, let's say 10 hours of work on your phone every week, if you did all that same work on a computer, you could save five hours a week or about half a workday and, you know, save five hours of time. And so really what the trade-off is when you're using your phone is trading productivity for convenience. Yes, a phone is way more convenient to use than a computer or a laptop. There's no question, but it's way less productive. So you have to ask yourself, what do I you know, what do I value more in this moment, convenience or productivity, and then decide if you want to use your phone or your computer. Exactly. And we've touched on this before in this podcast back in episode 210, we had Daniel C talking about creating space and certainly doing a digital detox. So this is not something foreign to this podcast, but what are your top tips in taking time away from that phone? You you just mentioned go to the computer and you'll save five hours, and I completely agree. I can type a heck of a lot faster on the PC 
than I can yeah. on my phone because the phone's a one finger job and the PC mm-hmm. is two hands. So what are some other tips that you've got in creating that time, that that detox time from your technology and increasing your productivity? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a bunch of like very quick things that I can suggest for listeners that literally will take you, you know, a couple minutes to do. The first one, and I'm talking about iOS, uh, you know, iPhone, but there's also similar settings in Android. They're just named slightly differently. But on iPhone, one of the features in the settings is called raise to wake. And so if you have this enabled, and most of the time it's enabled by default, what happens is every time you physically move your phone, it will light up the display which does two things. One, it sucks up battery. And two, it kind of sucks you into your phone, right? So like when you move it, your screen turns on, you look, of course, instinctively, oh, look at the notifications. There's a bunch of things that I have to tend to. And so then you're like, okay, I'll just open up my phone real quick. Well, when you disable the raise to wake, then it saves battery life and doesn't allow you to just get lost in your phone when you move it. And it sounds like something very simple, but when I disabled this feature, it saved me about two hours of screen time a week, which that's a lot just for one simple feature. And so you can disable that in literally 10 seconds. Another thing that you can do is, again, on iOS, you can go to settings and then notifications. And what's interesting is 85% of people have not adjusted the notifications on their phone at all, which to me is just bonkers. And so if you go down that list of apps, you can turn off the notifications for as many apps as you want. What I've personally decided for myself is to disable all the notifications except for phone calls, text messages, and then travel apps like the Southwest app. So just so I know if my flight is delayed. But by doing that, it dramatically cuts down on the number of notifications you get, which makes you way less distracted, which makes you more present. And allows you to really focus on your work and be present with the people in the real world. I've actually done that on all my social media apps. So people mm. message me, you know, text me and they'll go, did you see the thing on Facebook? And I'm like, no, why would I? <laughs> Unless I physically log in, I, I can't see it. So for me, it's just my Gmail text and phone that I get. And of course, like emergency and weather and things like that. Talking Love about that. phone batteries, my phone is in my hand right now, staring at me quite sadly because it keeps running out of battery. Now, I've taken myself off all the messenger chats and things like that, and so that's not just popping up now. What are some other ways to save battery? Oh, interesting. Well, I actually owned four cell phone repair stores, and so I do know that, and we did many, many battery replacements on almost any kind of phone you can imagine, and I do want to be clear that, you know, even if you do as many things as possible in the software, the batteries do just have a finite life. And generally it starts to, you know, the battery life substantially degrades starting at around 18 months, but it really just depends on your use and the type of phone and a bunch of other things. So just to be clear, I mean, I could tell you 10 things to save your battery life, but if your phone is like five years old, it's probably just has a bad battery or a really kind of worn out battery and you probably need to replace it. But in terms of saving your battery life, another thing that I thought was really helpful is there's a feature in iOS where you can go to settings and then notifications. And then at the top, it should say scheduled summary. So if you click on that, you can choose a bunch of apps. Like let's say you choose the five apps that you use the most that give you a lot of notifications and you choose those apps and then you choose what times of day 
you want the notifications to come in. So let's say it's every, you know, every other hour, right? Starting at 9 a.m. So 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., blah, blah, blah. So then what happens is iOS will group all the notifications from those five apps and deliver them to you all at the same time every other hour or whenever you specify. And so that way, it dramatically cuts down on the notifications that you do get, but you still get them. It's just all at one time. And so again, it really makes you interact with your phone way less and not light up the screen all the time with the notifications from all the different apps. Definitely will save your battery life. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about the consulting that you do. How can people find you and what is a typical session for you? Yeah. So people can find me on humansfirst.us. That's my webpage. And, you know, I do a, a lot of different type of consulting, but the main thing that I do is help individuals and groups with technology overload. And I also help and guide companies to officially transition from a five-day work week to a four-day work week with no loss in productivity or profitability. And so the way that the sessions are structured or the you know agreements are structured really just depends on if you're a group or an individual or a company. But generally what I find is that when people come to me, they're really stressed out. They don't have enough time to do anything. They're saying, I feel like I'm at work and I'm doing a million things, but I don't feel like I'm getting anything done. I can't focus. I'm way too distracted. And so those are the people that I can really help. And as an example, I have a client who's actually running for governor of the state of Colorado here in the United States. And she's so she's like a super busy politician. She came to me and she took my initial client survey. I took her through my process. I only met with her for a couple hours. She was so open-minded. I really appreciated how she she basically took every recommendation that I had. And we measured her screen time on her phone. And what we found is that I was able to save her over 40 hours per week of screen time on her phone. So over a work week's worth of week, every single week in time. So how do you do that? Is that through automation practices? Is it through keeping a log or like, what are some practical ways to reduce your screen time? Yeah, I mean, I, I've already given, you know, some of the ways, but, uh, you know, a lot of them are really just dependent on you, right? And and like what you're doing or how you're using your phone. So for instance, one of the things that I do recommend for people, and, you know, again, some people don't like to hear this, but the biggest time waster on phones by far is social media. Now, I, I do understand that there are some good uses of social media, and I think it's a tool just like anything else. But, you know, again, the average in um, the United States for social media use is two hours and 14 minutes. And I think Australia is pretty close. Uh, and that's per day, two hours and 14 minutes per day, right? So over half of your smartphone use in general for most people is, is social media, which to me is like kind of crazy, right? And so what I recommend to people is to do one of the two, these two things. Um, now, they both involve you using social media as much as you want, as long as you want, as often as you want. It just makes it slightly less convenient. The first option is to completely delete social media from your phone, but then use it from a laptop or a computer. That way, you have to be much more intentional and deliberate with your use. And uh, But you can still use it in all the ways that you could on your phone. The second thing that I recommend, or the second option, I guess is to take all your social media apps and then move them to the very last page of your apps, right? So all the way to the back. So what that ha- what means what that means then is that when you want to use your social media, 
you have to scroll a bunch to get to that app. And it purposefully makes it slightly more difficult to use. And that's the whole point. We want it to be difficult or more difficult so that you're not on it as much. And I think that when you change that, even if you just, for instance, move it to the back of your phone screen, you know, you'll realize that you are using it probably way more than you needed to and that it really isn't a necessity in your life anymore. Fantastic. Now, we've covered so much here. One last thing. We love freebies. What can you offer the listeners and where can they find it? Yeah, well, I'm happy to offer the listeners Magic a free 30-minute technology mindfulness consultation call with me. All the listeners would need to do is email me to redeem that. My email address is rob, R-O-B, at humansfirst.us. And if they just mention this podcast in the subject line, I'm happy to set up a call with them. Very generous. Thank you. Do you have any parting words for the listeners other than put your phone down? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, you know, this was so meaningful to my wife and I that we said this at our wedding. So the amount of love, success, and happiness in this world are infinite. And imagine how much love, success, and happiness we could all have together if we all decided to put humans first. Oh, that's so great. I love that. Thank you so much. Now, Rob, thank you so much for your time. We've really enjoyed this chat, and I'm sure the listeners will get so much out of this. We've spoken of socials. What are your socials? I don't have any. Oh, that's <laughs> if you, fantastic. Yeah, I don't have any on purpose. So if you want to get a hold of me, you just go to humansfirst.us and uh, and then we'll chat. Or you can email me at rob, R-O-B, at humansfirst.us. There you go, listeners. Rob is a man that not only talks the talk but walks the walk. Thank you so much. Listeners, I hope you've gotten so much out of this episode, just as I have. And for now... Go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com dot com dot au that's where you'll access all sorts of articles freebies and more <laughs>